Hello and welcome to another episode of Block Talk. I'm your host as always, Michael Block. If you love the podcast, make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. Leave a five-star review while you're there. Tis the season to get glammy. I'm nominated for two 2023 Glam Awards for Best Podcast and Best Writer Blogger, and I need your help to win. Once again, both categories are in the People's Choice voting, so the public will determine who wins. All you need to do is go to GlamAwards.net, click the tab for People's Choice, and vote. You might only be allowed to use your email once, so you better tell all your friends, family, enemies, hell, even tell that dancing diva at the bar, the cutie slinging the drinks, and the DJ spinning the tracks. And I repeat, tell everyone. Oh, and while you're at it, visit my Instagram and click the link tree to find out how you can support the pod by donating or buying merch. Now, what you're about to listen to is an episode that I've been holding on to for a while. Why is it only being released now? Well, Daddy was busy! A lot has happened since this interview was conducted, so be sure to follow this bitch to fill in the blanks. And as always, follow me on Instagram, threads, and TikTok at MichaelBlockTalk on Twitter slash X at BlockTalkNYC, and visit theaterthenow.com for latest news, reviews, and interviews. Sometimes I feature some incredible guests at a certain moment in time, and then a lot happens since their appearance that is not chronicled in podcast form. And now's the time to change that. This is an opportunity to have guests who have taken part in the quintessential Block Talk interview to come back and talk about what they've been up to and put a spotlight on some of their upcoming projects. Welcome to the Block Talk Back. And back on the pod is that bitch, Missy Mountains. Hello, hello. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Uh- just got back from Austin, Texas. Um, yeah. For Austin Pride. It was very fun. And now I'm chilling and doing all the shit I do here. <laughs> what would you say is the biggest difference between like New York Pride and Austin Pride? Oh, well, I guess they, they do two of them. They do a, uh, a, a regular Pride in June where it is a 105 degrees and they want to murder each other. Sure. And they do one in a later time frame where it's a little bit cooler. And I, well, this is also the first time I've had it in like three years. So it was off the chain. It was wild. But um, I mean, I think, I think this one is just more of a, like an Austin, like it's more personal to them versus a, a generalized pride. Did you get to meet um, some lovely Austin drag based artists? Oh, I did. Of course. I got to, yeah. I was in a full show of obviously uh, hosted by Ritzy Bits, who used to mm. live in here city and she used uh, to go here she used to go here and now she allowed me to go there thank god and um yeah no i met uh, quite a few amazing artists um who i really enjoyed working with and uh hope to work with again that's cool um would you say new york drag is better than austin drag i Uh, uh, yes uh. of course of course i'd always say that but I'd say it in the sense that, um, and me and Ritzy have always talked about this, that New York drag queens and New York people generally are performers first and foremost. So we always have that gene of like mm-hmm. performing first, whereas everyone else is more like a hobby, it feels like. Were, were there any big differences you found? Um, they, 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 we uh, New York is very much a mixed city. We like to 
do a lot of spoken word and that's not very much the case outside as uh, on Austin at this point. So they like to do their straight number and collect their money. Exactly. Exactly. And you know what? It works. It could just work better. <laughs> Ooh, there it is. Now let's, let's go into our first segment of the podcast. It's called sure. since you've been on, um, <laughs> let's start here. What's new since you were last interviewed in January of 2018 for episode 23? Um, That's a long time ago. That was a lot. (laughs) Yeah. That was, oh gosh, I think I had only been doing, I I hadn't even been doing it for two years yet. Mm -hmm. I wasn't even, I wasn't even honey's drag child yet. (laughs) Not not even. Uh, And I feel like the biggest change is like your makeup. Because you definitely oh, well, had a very different aesthetic then. Uh, you know, yes, I did. I, I was living a big eye, big lip, big, just, uh-huh. I was very clowny. You were having like, realness. Well, and now, yeah, yeah. And now it's like, well, what's the least we can do and get away with? <laughs> well, speaking of, how long does it take you to get into drag? Do you know what your answer was back then? God, I probably, do. Probably like two hours, two, your three. An- your answer was... Two or three hours. Yeah, two or three hours. That makes sense. Today, if you want a face, I can do it in 45. Oh, wow. You were not yeah. that person then. No, absolutely not. I couldn't have. Glue. I, I think I was still trying to glue eyebrows down then. I, I don't do that anymore. <laughs> I get mine threaded and then I just use the natural eyebrow I was given. There Praise it is. You. Yeah. Um, how many new wigs and looks do you have since 2018? Oh, oh my gosh, quite a few. Um, I mostly have more wigs than I could ever. I actually recently had to get rid of like several of them because I had over, I had almost like 40 wigs, like shake and goes and big ass Madeline Hatter wigs. And who did you give them to? Oh, the dumpster. Some of them were just awful. They were just, they couldn't, they could not be. You couldn't saved. even save them for like a game? Oh, I still have some of those wigs, but like the ones that they, they were just, they were dark sided. <laughs> they were dark. And they, were, they weren't full of secrets. They were full of semen and regret. So, like, well, you know, that is the, that, that is the Misty Mountains brand. <laughs> semen and regret. I mean, yes. I'm not um, going to lie. That, that, those will be the top notes of your uh, fragrance. <laughs> semen and regret. I was like, I think Lady Gaga beat me on semen, but I, I regret. No. Uh-huh. Now, how many brunches have you hosted or guested at since 2018? Like, um, as in specific type of like legitimate shows. Yeah. Can you do math? <laughs> well, starting in, oh God, really in 2019, there was two shows every weekend, every two, two shows, Saturday, two shows, Sunday. Gosh was 52 that's some math <laughs> so you're over like 200 300 at this point oh i easily within yeah easily within a year that's two three hundred yeah now how many glam awards have you been nominated for uh types i've been nominated four times i've won nothing but the the first um 2000 20 was the first year I was nominated for something that was no, sorry, 
it was 2000, was it 2020? 2020 was the first time I was nominated for something outside of Scene Queen. So that's the first Which time. Which was? Oh, uh, for Best Music Video. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. I lost to my, I just lost to my drag sister. <laughs> that's okay. That's uh, that, that. Hey, it happens, right? Yes. Well, you know, how, you know, being a celebrity like Monet Exchange, of course, you're going to win. We're not going to discuss <laughs> her on this podcast. I've discussed her many of the times. Monet, I love you, but we have a secret <laughs> rivalry. Um, (laughs) but, um, but yeah, no, it was great. It was, uh, it was nice. It was nice to be, um, recognized for that, you know, and like, cause it was not, that was a long, it it was a hard thing to do. There was a lot of organization and I'm not an organized person. Luckily I have people like Lindsay and Ritzy and, um, K-Day, our director who were very much organized and very much got that shit together. And I was really truly the producer in the sense of like I just threw money at it and said let's make this happen <laughs> because you're that bitch because I'm that bitch and it came out amazing and uh it's still one of my proudest achievements and uh I just love we we performed it on in Austin and Ritzy was like it's so weird people like will like work out to it they'll tell me that we work out <laughs> to it and she's always amazed that people know her whole verse I'm like yeah hibiscus's um um husband like knows every word of your verse. Like when will I will perform it? He will literally lip sync back everything you say. It's great. I don't well, even need we'll, to do it myself. We're going to discuss that a little further in, uh, in a moment. Um, how many other music videos have you made? Oh, I've been in several others. I mean, I was in oh my god, Kareem, Jace's, mm-hmm. and um, Kimmy Moore's music video back in the day. Um, who else was that? I've been in a couple others. So I've, you're like, like the video girl. Like you I am. Be the girl I, I, on I, MTV. Quite a few minute music videos. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I, I see your end game. I see what's going on here. Yeah. Uh, how, how, how many how many pageants have you competed in? Oh God. Not not a lot. I try to keep them down to like my big three, which is Miss Fire Island, Miss Stonewall. Oh, maybe it's Miss Two. <laughs> Maybe it's just two. Sometimes I do cherries. So I'd mm-hmm. say probably not a lot of them. I would say maybe like overall, like three different kinds and maybe less than 10 times. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, how many drag children have you had and how many drag babies are there now in New York City? How many have been born? How many have I had? Zero. I've had none. And thank God. Well, well, <laughs> I will, I will let, let's discuss it because... Um, for those who listen to the block talk back with hibiscus, um, <laughs> I heard there was a little bit of a um, potential maternal war to get essence. I it was it was it was one of those things. It wasn't maternal war. I think it was just one of those things where like I recognized essences like raw talent, and I was like, that seems like something I would like to have in my family. Like I feel would benefit from, you know. Us and you know and just and I I enjoyed having S you know having Essence as a guest star and I enjoyed her her personality and what she brought to uh, the table of drag, but looking back at it now I'm very very happy that Hibiscus and Essence um, are drag family because I think what they do is much more similar and mm-hmm. what S- what Hibiscus does and what she brings to the table and. Um, will be is just more conducive to what essence already is 
to the essence of essence. You know, so I was like, you know what? I was like, you know what? I'd rather be on the uh, tangentially involved and be that the auntie, you know. Mm-hmm. And then you know, I I hang out with uh, with uh, essence every once in a while, and then I hand her back to her mother. <laughs> so are are there any of uh, the thousand drag babies of New York City that have been born since 2018 um, that you would potentially um, look at as a offspring? Um, no, I mean, because some of the drag babies I, I've met recently or are, have known were people that I already knew beforehand mm-hmm. and they're doing great without me. Um, yeah, I, I feel like there was a lot of quarantine babies there, and there were some of the, those are some of the scariest ones, but some of them have come out because they're, they're performers first, you know, first and foremost, they've come out um, better. And then there's just some that are like, Oh God, please stop. We're not going to name names, but uh, oh no, maybe, we, maybe we, behind I, the paywall we'll name names. <laughs> No, but overall, I I feel unless I have a really strong connection with someone I, at this point, I'm not saying the tubes are tied. I'm just saying that um, I uh, have to find a husband first. That's I fair. That that's out. fair. Uh, so <laughs> I asked you a question back then. Yes. What drag artists have you yet to work with that are on your wish list? Oh my! And I'm going to give you your answer. Okay. Your answer back then was Tina Burner. Keisha Carr and Ruby Fox. Oh, yeah. Have you gotten to work with either any of them? Um, no. Well, Tina Burner just blew up, and I couldn't. I couldn't. She's not unattainable now. It's just like I haven't. I haven't had the chance. Uh, Keisha Carr. Oh my God, have I? No, but I still absolutely love and adore her and appreciate everything she does. Um, and Ruby Fox. Yes, I have worked with Ruby Fox. It's been a year. It's been a while. It was a great experience. Super fun. She's wild. So let's add some new names to your wish list. Who would you like to work with? Oh my goodness. Who would I like to work with? Mm. In New York or just, I'm probably just in general. Um, I heard some fabulous things about Lady Camden. I would love to Mm -hmm. work out with her. Hey, she just seems hysterical. And I love a British accent. Um, who else would I love to work with? I, I work out a lot with people I really enjoy. I would like to work with Beaches again mm-hmm. more consistently. I really enjoy what she does and um, how crazy she is. Um, who else? Let's throw out a big name just for the shits and the giggles. You know who I would love to work with and I very rarely get to work with is my own drag mother, honey. <laughs> yeah, uh, we That's, remember her, of course. Yeah, yeah, I know, you know. She is a, she's, she still has a house here, but she's mainly based in um, mm-hmm. LA now. So it's very hard to get a, get a chance to hang out with her. I would love to hang out with my mother. <laughs> Let's yeah. talk about some things that are big in your life. Oh, now, gosh. from the before times to the new times, you have been a staple at La Pulperia for Drag Brunch. Correct. Tell us about your iteration of the show. Oh, it's, it's, I'm not going to say it's vastly different because the structure is very much the same. Sure. Um, I think the one thing that Ritzy always says that I, that I brought, that I brought to it was a very um, interpersonal relationship with the audience. 
Um, not that she wasn't, but I, um, I did start from when I first started there was very much like, I'm going to meet all of the audience members and chit chat that with them and get to know them. And I think that's really brought a new sense of what the new La Brea is. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that is what they've come to expect from that show. And without it, it's very much a, not a bland show. It, it's still very, very fun and very entertaining, but I think that is one of the ways we upsell Mm-hmm. um that show and i think it's something that um i personally have brought and i'm really proud of that and it's something that ritzy's kind of like tried to instill in other people that she's worked with where she's like impressed with that idea that i started off with just wanting to be more popular than my co-hosts <laughs> so la pulperia has gone from two locations both of those locations are gone they're in Correct. a new home um where can we find them if if the old uh patrons used to go to the other two venues where are we now oh well it's actually not too far from the old hell's kitchen location so it used to be on 46th and 9th right next to the ritz and now we've moved down just two blocks to the corner of 44th and 9th and um, um it's it's um slightly it's a good amalgamation of the two locations. It's mm-hmm. bigger than the Hell's Kitchen old one, but it's smaller than the other one, which thank God, that one was a, a cavern. That was a doozy. Would, yeah, <laughs> it was not my favorite. I was grateful when Nicole said she wanted that one. I was like, you take it. I'll take the intimate space. Yeah, there are, there are definitely times where I would be at um, one of Nicole's brunches and I'd be like, I can't see you. Why am I, oh, I here? I know, it's awful. <laughs> I don't know. When they designed it, I was like, well, it was clearly not designed for drag. And they were like, we're not just going to fit as many people in here and figure it out. Now, with these new venues, why has La Pulperia's drag brunch test lasted the test of time? Um, I think it has a lot to do with the people that they've had as hosts. I think we bring a certain amount of excitement and energy. Um. I think it's it's very much just uh, it started off, you know, in a small space, and we've just proven that if you have entertain, if you have good entertainers, good hosts, and you have and you make the audience not that you make them, but you let the audience have fun and get up out of their chairs and just be a part of it, people will talk about it, and you'll just keep keep getting business, and you'll just people will keep coming back. It's great. I get to see, um, I have people that come not every week, but at least like, maybe like every three months, which for brunch is a solid um, repetition because, sure. you know, it's not a cheap thing. Brunch has never been an incredibly cheap thing, but it's um, every three months, like, but they'll bring different people. So it's like, mm-hmm. it's almost like a contagion. You infect one person, which is a very controversial thing to say in all these pandemics. Um, you have one person and they'll bring four different people and then they'll bring people and then you'll have people that yeah. traveled yeah. away and come back. Uh, there was quite a few people in Texas that had been to brunch before. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, great. we, we, my mom's good friend uh, went to one of your brunches back in April, yeah. had a great time. So it's all word of mouth. Yeah, it really does work as long uh, that's, I think we've had, we've had some solid hosts and performers and I think, we give a good show and we give a good food and word of mouth is strong with that one. So it's been over 10 years. It's been going, I believe. Now, when it comes to 
picking your guests? Is there a rotation? How do you decide this is the right person for a La Pulperia Drag Brunch? Um, what I have done now that I have two days, it's much easier. I have my solid rotation and then I have like, I, I go out and I find people or I ask people. So Saturday is the way, the day that's pretty much solid. And those are the days I have the people I can't have on Sunday. <laughs> um, so that's the days when I have, like, I need a D I have hibiscus. I have Katrina because they were my first, my, they were my first cast at the old location. And when we went into quarantine, um, obviously everything shut down. And then as things started to open up, they got their own brunches. And so mm -hmm. now they do brunch on Sunday as well. So I have them on Saturday to keep the tradition because I love working with them. And then, um, you know, on Sunday is the day where I, I kind of explore. I generally have a couple people that I like to bring in. I love to bring in Amanda Pork. Um, I love to bring in, um, who else? Coco Taylor, um, uh, Danity, uh, Danity uh, Diamond, just a bunch of different people to keep it fresh, to keep it new. I had Stella Doro two weeks ago, whom I love. Mm -hmm. So, you know, just, I, Saturday is more of a consistent show where we know what's going to happen and it's, and it's fun. And then Sunday is always just a little bit more of a wild card, but it's a fun one. Has there ever been a guest that you've had that just did not work for brunch? Not saying that they were problematic or anything, that their brand just didn't fit a brunch show. Um, yes, yes. And it's just, and it's not, it has nothing to do with uh, a drag style or, or it's just, sometimes you just don't have that. They just, you just don't connect with the audience and it just doesn't seem to work out. And it's, and it's so hard to, pin down you know so i can't i can't assume it's going to be this style of drag or this style sure. of drag that's not going to work at brunch it's sometimes it's literally just down to the person and it's really it's really very it's very upsetting when you find that now, out now like, as, oh, as, oh. as a queen who does the nights does the days do you have to adjust your drag persona or your drag style to fit the crowd um yeah, not well. I guess my persona. I, I can't imagine um, a La Pulperia crowd actually being ready for a seven-minute rendition of "It's All Coming Back to Me Now." You'd be surprised. Those are the people that are truly <laughs> ready for it. Those are the yeah, people that are truly minutes? down for a seven minutes of "It's All Coming Back to Me Now." You'd be surprised. <laughs> it's usually the 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 gays in the club that are like, "Man, we've already seen this. What are you bringing different?" Because so, you like, perform it way too often, but we love it. <laughs> Exactly. But you know what? People pay me. So that's what matters. <laughs> hey, hey, you Missy Mountains never shies away from a dollar. Exactly. Or a 10. Well, that's, or that's the thing. Well, <laughs> no. So I've, I've learned like there's certain things that will be successful at certain venues. Like, oh, for a big example, I, I've never done any Broadway. Well, maybe I've done one or two just because I've learned doesn't work there. I don't usually do Broadway in the Bronx because it just does not go over well. It's just, they, they're not a Broadway crowd. They don't care about it. They're not a country crowd. They're a top 40 crowd, but it definitely leans more into the, you know, hip hop urban, which is totally uh -huh. fine, which is everything I can still do. But it's a definitely, uh, I do have to think about, I can't just do anything like I would do at Icon. Right. Icon, they don't quite care when I do necessarily. Not, they don't. Not that they don't care. They, they care a little they, bit. They have a they have a different expectation of what I of what I want. Of what they know when I you walk do. in the room, 
that it's the Misty show and they're just there to watch. Yeah. Whereas in the Bronx, I'm like, and I'm just trying to uh, serve what is already happening here. <laughs> Literally. The energy that is already happening here. So it's, it's in that sense, I do serve different shows. It's the same energy, same aesthetic. It's just instead of doing like, you know, Taylor Swift, I'm going to do Doja Cat. Fair, or, fair. You know what I mean? What sets your show apart from all the other brunches? Like, what is your pitch to someone coming to New York, seeing 50 drag brunches in Hell's Kitchen? How do you get that person to come see you? I mean, I would say we're just probably one of the most interactive and most fun brunches. I think we provide you with a moment to feel like you're a part of the show and you get you get to be have a, you're the best time, you know? I, I think it really has to do with us, you feeling like you are a part of it, like not like you're spectating at it. I think people at brunch, especially the, <laughs> the white women of the show, do to an extent want to be a part of it and want to feel yeah. like they're at a party. And I think that's kind of what we serve too. What are the top three drag brunch no-nos? Tell the white women, stop doing these three things. God, oh my God. Oh, wait. First of all, brunch is great. Brunch is all about the drinking, but don't get too drunk. Oh my God. Um, I also would say it, it, don't touch us necessarily. Don't touch each other too much either because it's, it's still a drag show. We're still drag queens. We're still performers. You don't want to touch the, you don't touch performers. Consent um, is mandatory. Yes, absolutely. And, um, Oh God, another no-no. I mean, one of my big pet peeves is that we'll get big brunch groups and they won't pay attention. I'm like, so why are you here? Right. <laughs> I guess you can talk and I give you, I give all of my audience members a lot of leeway when it comes to time to talk and freedom to talk. But if you're constantly over, if we have to yell over you, then it's no longer a fun experience for either one of us, you know, like, cause okay. then at that point, either, why are you there? All right. Best thing on the La Pulperia menu. Oh God. I would probably, I mean, I'm always a fan of the pulled pork tostada. Yeah. It's the best also, thing on there. Yeah. I also do forget to order generally. So I always end up having steak at the end of the show because I have to order up the dinner menu. <laughs> <Fair>. <laughs> All right. Well, before the show, I asked you to send me three themes or topics, and now we're going to dive into these three topics in just three things. All right. What would you like to start off with? Your pick. Oh, God. Um, We'll do the second one. All right. We are going to start off with Agatha Christie movies and books. Why did you pick this topic? Why? Because I have a full freaking shelf of Agatha Christie books that I've been collecting. Also, I found, I was in Austin and I found this rare book in, uh, in one of the stores and I bought it. Granted, it wasn't the really expensive rare one. I was like, I don't have $250 for that, but I just enjoy it. I, it's, it's something I've, uh, I think I got from my sister. We just loved Britishy, you know, British literature, British television. So it's something I've kind of like, mm-hmm. just started picking up. Not recently, but just started like actively collecting and do it and watching and doing. What is your favorite Agatha Christie book? <sighs> um, probably, and then uh, and then there were none. Okay, 
Good choice. I, I do. Uh, I mean, I always love Death on the Nile. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a fan of a man, uh, The Mystery on the Blue Train. Mm-hmm. Mm, gosh, so many good ones. I mean, you know, uh, obviously, uh, Murder on the Orange Express, of course, the classic. Of course, of course. Now, how have you felt about the two recent Hercule Poirot uh, adaptations? The, uh, the, the, the uh, yes, the Kenneth Branagh ones, correct? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, so, they're not my favorite. Um, okay, explain, please. Um, well, first and, fo- first and foremost, um, oh, oh God, I don't even know how to explain it. It's more action-packed, which is what, what audience nowadays would expect. Of course. Action-packed, it's more adventurous. Whereas, like, if you watch the original, like, Albert Feeney one, it's, like, very much a quiet, like, you're, you're on it's the train, slow. you're sitting there. It's slow. It's, exactly. It's like watching a, a TV show of it. It's, but, um, oh, God, and the mustache was wild. Absolutely have, insane. Where, have, can you grow a stash like that? No, but I can grow a good solid beard if I need to. But not um, like that. No. Now, obviously, the cast of both Murder on the Orient Express, Death on the Nile, big names. We got we got giant casts. Yeah. Um, and I heard there's a new one coming up, coming up soon. I don't know which one they're doing, but I believe he's back in action. Um, yeah, this last is, one will, yeah, this last one got weighed down by a lot of Cannibalism. <laughs> well, there's already um, dead bodies. Why not? Hey, right. Uh, <laughs> is there anyone that you would love to see do us this kind of movie? Because this is stylized. This is very much a certain period piece. Yeah. Who would you? Because and, and they have again brought in these big names who aren't necessarily known for period pieces. Like seeing Josh Gad with a silly little mustache. It's weird. That was weird. It's it was weird. weird. It, it, but it worked. He was so good at it. Yeah, he was. He was a solid one. Um, oh, you know who would always just be good at it, and I think would lend herself to it would be Meryl. Because yeah, yeah, Meryl's always a solid period piece type of person. You have her come in as like the evil dowager or something, and absolutely, the, and someone who's just like want waiting. Everyone's waiting to die, and she gets murdered. No. Have you have you ever done an Agatha Christie inspired mix? I've not. I kind of li- I kind of left all the mystery mixes to Angela Mansbury. <laughs> the murder fair. mixes. <laughs> um, well, maybe if you get to guess with her, you'll you can debut one with her. Yeah, we should. We should. I I've uh, I've had her to my house, and we've watched um, a lot of murder mystery because I do love uh, murder she wrote as well. <laughs> Of course, no one, no one knows more she wrote like Angela yeah. Mansbury. Of course. Well, actually, surprisingly, I know more than her, but we're not going to talk about that. Oh, oh, the tea <laughs> has been spilled. We haven't even got to that segment. Wow. Okay. No, wow. it's no, but she'll she'll admit to it too. I'm the one that has um all the seasons on DVD, like a crazy person. Fair. That's fair. All right. <laughs> let's move into one another topic. Which one? The first. Oh or God. Well, I think the second one. The third. The third one makes more sense. All right, let's do it. We're going to discuss, and listeners, if you are not caught up, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. So get out now. I haven't watched the finale either. So like, we're so close. Only murders in the building. Yes. Wonderful television. 
I love it. See, it's so, it, it kind of harkens back to that classic murder mystery, you know, trope, but it's kind of fresh and new. I like, I really enjoy it. Now I have in fact watched the finale. Oh, you did? I am ready for season three because we have a nice little setup. Oh, um, I won't spoil anything for you though. Who do you think murdered Bunny? Oh God. Well, it's just so hard. Cause we, I, I, I don't think it's the glitter guy. It obviously is not the policeman. Spoilers. Um, it's not the policeman. I, I, but I'm not going to put, I do think it might be, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it's, what's her name? I'm going to say Margot Channing. No, that's not right. Channing Cindy something. Canning? Cindy Canning? I wouldn't be surprised. Get it because it's syndicated? Cindy Canning? Z- yeah, Cindy Canning. It's a fucking uh, drag Cheryl name. Canning. Cheryl Canning. Yeah. Cheryl Canning. No, uh, um, I wouldn't be surprised if she's at least involved in it. Mm-hmm. at some sort because if the glitter guy is and they're kind of an item it wouldn't be i wouldn't be surprised if she's out there killing people to make her podcast more successful it okay. seems like a hollywood trope type of thing also i'm not gonna put it past um pregnant bitch mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. but i think she was more of a red herring i think they set her up in the beginning to be like oh it could be her because she's wanted this job forever and then bunny didn't want to leave i i oh god i don't know and i'm also just wondering where the hell oscar is yeah um it's very fun i love the ending i love the setup for the new season all i will say um is a new celebrity will be joining the cast next season Oh God, as long as it's, do they get really, as long as they get rid of Cara Delevingne, because she was the worst thing that's ever happened in that show. Well, uh, that wait, 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 wait. Now, it's no surprise to many that Misty Mountains has some lesbian in her. Yeah. I feel like Cara Delevingne is your type. No. No? no I just don't like her. And maybe like type as in like what? As in like, smoky naughty mysterious i'm gonna have my way with you type yeah yes but i just don't like her okay that's fair that's fair. i just don't like her the the whole what aesthetic, she do to you yes. <laughs> yes the whole aesthetic yes <laughs> but but the but the the person that they got to portray this character no okay that's fair that's fair um yeah <laughs> very very good show uh obviously what makes the show so beautiful is this dynamic between two best friends, a new person. Steve Martin and Martin Short are just brilliant comedians. Yeah. Well, they've been working together forever. So they, you know, right. they have, they know how they, they work. It's really great to see them doing that. And you have one that's kind of, I wouldn't say the straight man, but the straight man, you have you, Steve Martin's the person who's uh-huh. level. And of course, Martin Short's always been kind of, wild and out there so it's nice to have that dichotomy of the two of them and then the and, two of them together with selena gomez she's the straight man in the in the scene. oh quite literally quite literally and i've always said it i mean i'm not a huge fan of selena gomez as a singer but i've always enjoyed her as an actress are you a big wizards of waverly place fan is that what it is? i was back in the day yeah did you want to be a wizard i mean Harry Potter and that made me want to be a wizard. So who would win in a fight? Harry Potter or Selena Gomez's character? You know what? I I feel like it'd be Selena Gomez because she'd be like, what is the easiest way to just have this way over with? Yeah. You know? <laughs> She's um, like, 
boom, done. <laughs> what I also appreciate about um, Only Murders in the Building is the amount of Broadway and theater performers that are in that cast. Yes. It's so yes. cool. Like um, Nathan Lane. Mm-hmm. Uh, and hit uh, the fact that uh, when we find out that Martin Short's son is not his. Oh, that was a lot. <laughs> I mean, that's that's a whole whole type of, type of thing. Um, but actually, one yeah. of the, my followers, someone I used to work with at Playwrights Horizons, uh, Michael Cyril Crichton, is a recurring cast member on the show. Uh, he plays Howard. <laughs> Howard. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. Howard. Crazy. Great Howard. character. And again, like, we kind of a little of a setup. Like, I would love to see this little romance with him. And- yes. So. That was really cute. Like, that whole thing. I was like, you know what? Beforehand, I didn't really care for Howard, but I think it's because we just didn't know him. And also, he's like just a stereotype of some sort of just light, you know. A little bit, a little bit. A little bit. Um, but I think this, I think this was a, a sweet moment to like open up and see more of the the characters of this building because we in the first season we didn't really get we didn't really get to see their inner lives. In the second season we did. We got to see who Bunny was as a person, as a young person. And we could see what Howard's life is like. So we understand why he's kind of a dick sometimes. Right. And then of course Shirley McLean. <laughs> Shirley McLean coming in. That was the wildest thing. And it I wanted it more from her, but her. so I so good. Yeah. And uh, uh, just like just coming in and being like, where the fuck is my painting? You know, like, oh, oh. yeah. Ooh. Now for me, obviously, the all the inside jokes, the references to podcasting. Oh. Sometimes perfect. a little too true. A little too true sometimes. <laughs> Um, yeah, but I I really enjoy what they've done with the writing and how they've made a comedy into a good thriller. Yeah, good absolutely. Writing. Good job. Like, oh, I just it's, it's so much fun. It's just it's fun to sit there and just like watch them weave. And the fact that there's going to be a season, uh, a next season, I'm like, well. Does someone else die? That's even crazier. Because I wouldn't be surprised if someone else died. Well, maybe you need to watch it after this podcast. <laughs> well, I have to. I was I was being a good roommate, and I was waiting for my roommate Val um, um, to come back today. So, I, unfortunately, we this was done. We were filming this too early for me to have watched it. That's fair. That's fair. Now, we obviously the know the show. Yes, Grace and Frankie. Yes. They brought on Dolly Parton. Correct. Is there a chance, do you think, that they will bring on Chevy Chase and the three amigos will be reunited? Oh. Well, I mean, I think it could. It, I, I will never say never, as Justin Bieber once said. Just give me um, one episode. Give me one scene with the three of them. Do the silly uh, salute. That's all I ask for. Yeah. And also, it could literally, he could have been someone he worked with on brazos for all we know exactly it could be anything like that it could be it have, could, have chevy's chase and steve martin do my little buttercup that's all i ask and, and yeah. honestly i feel like it would be it would be hysterical and they kind of like that meta joke already in here exactly so it's kind of it's kind of perfect to it would be the perfect thing to have especially since uh i know steve martin is 
after this, he's he's going to be done acting. He's like kind of said like this is kind of like this final hurrah, which mm-hmm. I get it. He's been going for. I've known Steve Martin has been a gray-haired man longer All than I've life. been. A... Literally. <laughs> and it's um, the now, thing. when you watch this with Val, do you uh, partake in dips? Uh, <laughs> we're more of a salsa family, not a okay, dip family. Yes, sir. Not a dip family. All right. <laughs> All right. Third topic. I still, okay, I still can't that he eats those dips, even though he knows everything about Nathan Lane's character. So funny. All right. Third topic. Disney Parks. <laughs> It's home for me. Um, I, I knew it'd be a topic that we can get on together. What is your favorite surrounded. Oh, there's Pullet. Yeah. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Here's my pillow. <laughs> oh, Foolish Mortals. I love it. Madame Leota. I'll say it again. So what's my favorite one? What's your favorite park? <sighs> I'm a West Coast. I'm a West Coast girl, so I'm always going to say Disneyland. Okay. Obscura. Obscura will be very happy with your answer. <laughs> although if we're going to the east coast um this actually last year in october was the first time i've ever been to disney world so it was a new and wild experience what was it, your experience like ex- seeing a park that was similar but different <sighs> it was weird because i'd walk out i walked down main street and be like i feel like i know where everything is but you don't <laughs> yeah. and <laughs> the capsule's like, a little bigger much bigger, <laughs> much bigger very beautiful loved it but you know there was like certain moments i'd like turn down and be like well the jungle cruise isn't right here you know like there'd be like little moments where i'm like oh i know where i'm going and then i'd be like actually i have no idea where i am <laughs> but Did you get to I, yeah go ahead yeah i i enjoyed it i feel disneyland crams a whole lot more in the last room and it's much more there's much more to do, but also they just didn't have the room to do it anywhere else. Well, and that's why you have uh, three other parks. Did you get yeah. to experience the three other parks? I did. I did. And I came into it being like, I'm going to hate Epcot. This looks so boring on map. It doesn't look like, I would tell you, we were there every day. Yeah. We were at Epcot every day. Now, Me and the Japan Pavilion were a problem. Uh-oh. What did you eat there? What did you drink there? Oh my God, so many things. So I ate it, and then just that gift shop alone. I had, I have, I bought, no, I didn't buy that there. Where's my other one? Anyway, I bought a bunch of things there. It was really, really, it was just bad. Did, but you know, I loved obviously it. with Epcot, you did have not experienced the newest roller coaster, which I think is one of the best roller coasters on the planet. Oh, Cosmic Rewind. I missed it. Oh, good. Um, I, I got to go. It. I was there opening weekend, so I, I'm very f- proud of myself. I got to write it twice. Only got two songs. That not, one of them I like. This other song I did not love. You're like me. Um, <laughs> because there, there are six songs that you get, that you might get as you write it. Um, but Just it's like it's, it's a, such... a tower, cosmic, the Tower of Terror and uh, well, the old Tower of Terror. Mm-hmm. A little, 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 little different. A little, a little different. different. But yeah, just like uh, the they they have that very similar idea and uh, yeah. um, mission breakout where the exactly. music changes every time. Um, but I missed it. But I was yeah. there for the opening week of Ratatouille, which was oh really yeah, cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. Loved uh, that. Very cute ride, very fun ride. Uh, yeah. Did you have a favorite park aside from Epcot? Was it Epcot? Um, of of the Disney World, I think it yeah. was Epcot. I, um, I enjoyed Animal Kingdom. I just felt like 
I didn't want to say it's a half day park, but I was just like, it didn't serve the things that I wanted out of a you Disney can experience. Get it done in a half day. Yeah. It didn't serve the things that I wanted in a Disney experience, but I enjoyed it well enough. And um, and then, I mean, obviously, Hollywood Studios just, just kind of felt like a different California adventure. Okay, interesting. Very, very, very interesting. Just, you know, because they have the, you have your Hollywood Boulevard or your Sunset Boulevard, you have your tower mm-hmm. of some sort. Now, um, obviously, I'm assuming you went on Test Track. I did. And you've been on Radiator Springs Racers? Yes, I like Radiator Springs better. Even though they're the same track? It doesn't. The funny thing is I was riding it trying to imagine Radiator Springs. And it's it doesn't. the same track. It doesn't seem like the same track. It's weird. It's just a different overlay. Isn't it crazy? Yeah. I think it's also because they, they slow you and stop you differently. So it doesn't feel the same. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think I just like the overlay of Cars better. But I also, yeah. Cars is my favorite Pixar film, controversial as it is. I know, I know. That's a choice. Um, I mean, I, I make some solid choices here. More than Nemo? <laughs> more than Luca? <laughs> I mean, I'll have, I might have to re- reevaluate. because I Silencio didn't... Misty! Silencio Bruno. Bruno had a solid year of like we didn't want to talk to him or about I know. him at Crazy. all. <laughs> uh, now, when it comes to Disneyland, why yeah. is it charming for you? I think well, it's the first one I ever went to. So you have you know you have that nostalgia. You have your nostalgia points. You have your of course this is the one that Walt built points. But I think also I think it the rides generally tend to be better. I think they. Um, like uh, nonstop uh, uh, pirates, of course, is better in Disneyland. Jungle Cruise, comparable. They have, you know, Indiana Jones, which I guess is technically dinosaur. And that one I can see the, those are exactly they the same. Track, and I can yeah. tell. That yeah. one I could tell. And, but dinosaur is actually slightly terrifying. I was like, oh, this is, I can understand why children are it, terrified. It, it, it used to be scarier until really? they brought um, the character from the movie Dinosaur in. It, it was scary because I, I was, um, I went when it first opened. Um, yeah. And speaking of when first opened, did you get to experience the OG DCA? I did not. So you never got to ride Superstar Limo? I did not, but I've seen many of lit- This guy did. <laughs> that was literally the last time I was at Disneyland was that trip in 2001. Oh uh, it's God. been some time since I've been, I really like to go. But yeah, I got to go on Superstar Limo. Oh, that's crazy. Cause that is just watching the videos about it and under, I'm like, and hearing as to why it became the way it became, it makes sense, but it's yeah. still, it's, I'm just terrible. like, I'm like, it's terrible. Oh God. I mean, Mike and Sully's cute. I think it, it, it serves its purpose. One it's more that I that all the animatronic men are the, the orange. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, one story that I love to tell about my DCA experience was there was a show um, in the Hyperion Theater called Steps in Time. It was a review, Disney music, whatever. And there was a young actress in that show. I was like, she's going to be on Broadway one day. She's really good. Mm-hmm. Her name? Eden Espinosa. Ah, work. Really? I discovered Eden Espinosa. So let everyone <laughs> go fuck yourselves. So when she maybe the Tony soon, I saw her like, first. But yeah, like, um, I yeah, I, I def- definitely a different experience than OG DCA. But um, oh, yeah, it's, it's I never, too. I mean, I didn't even get to experience 
uh, Bugs Life Land. Never, never had that. Oh, that's time. right. Yeah. yeah. A Bugs Life Land was definitely like the kitty part of the land. Yeah. There was the Caterpillar ride literally, little, it was like a, it was like a, basically like a Winnie the Pooh. Yeah. But it was short and it just kind of went in a circle, but the plants were all around you. So you didn't know what it went. We're like, it's just kind of a circle and it goes on for like 50 seconds and you're off and you're like, wow, I waited 20 minutes for this. <laughs> <sighs> Yeah, but is there but a, much more fun? <laughs> is there a D, uh, Disney park in the world that is on your must go list? Which oh, which of them? God, Tokyo Disney Sea. Yeah, mm-hmm. any oh, both of the Tokyo parks, but Tokyo Disney Sea specifically. I've seen so many like videos and just it looks absolutely stunning. I always I want to ride that Tower of Terror. Like the building looks beautiful. Mm-hmm. I want to. I want to go and do the. Is that where they have the new Beauty and the Beast? Uh, no, right. Is that, is that Shanghai. Shanghai. It might Shanghai. be at Shanghai. Shanghai too, though, because that castle's it, a freaking yeah. behemoth. Mm-hmm. It's insane. But I'm definitely Tokyo first and foremost. What are some of your favorite venues to perform at? I know you have had this really fun experience where since we last spoke on the podcast, you, you get around. I do. <laughs> get around. I do. I do. Unlike certain people, you're able to transcend boroughs. You even get to the Bronx. I know. It's crazy. Um, some of my favorite place and venues to perform at. I love performing at Icon purely for the stage, the lighting, the smoke, the effects. I enjoyed, I recently performed on this cute ass stage in Coney Island, which I loved. <laughs> Okay. Kind of felt like I was reporting for the USO. It was very, <laughs> it's very classic, you know, kind of vaudeville type stage. Loved that. Um, oh gosh, I I love performing a lot of different places. Places. Um, Are there any venues that you used to perform at more frequently that you kind of miss? Oh, I mean, I I I do enjoy um, every once in a while going back to Rock Bar and having my little moment in the sun. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've like I've missed performing at the Stonewall. I haven't performed there in a while. I've haven't worked there in a while, so it's been I haven't had as uh, as often a chance as I used to. Yeah. So you know, like I guess my my West Village because I kind of I've moved upwards. I've moved more north when it yeah. comes to my performer where I performed than I used to. How would you say nightlife has changed since last we spoke? Oh. Uh, anything and everything is kind of allowed (laughs) not everything but you know what I mean like in the sense of like when I started drag we had a very still had a very rigid idea of what drag was and what you shouldn't and should wear and what you can get away with and what you couldn't get away with um you know as to like wearing um stylized hair and nails and these are all things that you had to do in order to be a legitimate drag queen nowadays my goodness you don't even have to wear anything <laughs> literally <laughs> there there has been some unfortunate drama in new york city nightlife regarding the treatment of bipoc performers and staff yeah what's it going to take to improve the scene for the better i i i i, tr- I don't know because it's we have such a large community and such a it would take a lot of coordination, a lot of group effort to truly pull 
everyone in because it was not like something we can unionize. I just, I don't think we're, I think there's too many of us and we're too widespread to truly. I agree. I know there are other people who come to the podcast who disagree and I've been respectful and said, no, you can have your voice. I just don't think it's possible. It would cause way too much havoc. And also in New York city, the real, one of the true problems is you could turn around and you could be replaced by someone in a minute. <laughs> Literally. Literally. Beyonce has talked about it, right? You don't think you're irreplaceable, bitch. Like uh, as much as I like to think I'm not, I'm irreplaceable at my gigs. I know it's not true, but it's, it's, I don't see a way of doing it that I just don't see a way of doing it. Because it all will also take the bars to quote unquote unionize. And I don't see them agreeing to the demands and rules. The stipulations. Absolutely. Not happen. Absolutely not. It would, it, it, you would have, essentially you would have your unionized bars and your unionized Queens. And then you'd have your unionized, your Broadway's and your non-Broadway's yeah. essentially. <laughs> what advice would you give to the Misty who first started out? Oh gosh. Oh my goodness. I would say, don't worry about having, <laughs> having to look a certain way. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I'm, I'm happy with the way you've turned out. I would say just keep, keep fighting the good fight. You're doing great. It's going to take a while to get where you're going to get, but once you get there, you're going to love it. I don't think there's anything I would have old Misty change. Except for maybe save money. Save money. That's important. That's that's our scheme. (laughs) Well, speaking of Um, expensive things, um, you really have brought music and drag together with your song, I'm That Bitch, featuring the one and only Ritzy Bits. Why was this an important moment in your drag career? I think it's it it started off with something so so throwaway and it's kind of really defined my career. Um I think it changed the, what I thought I could do with mm-hmm. drag. And, you know, it, 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 it really put me in a place where I was like, oh, I can be a video hoe <laughs> and, yeah. and create music. And, and it doesn't, it always have, I don't have to perform other people's music. I can write my own and do my own stuff if I wanted to. The only thing I, I don't really benefit from is I'm not, I wouldn't call myself a music writer. Um, or a, a poet of sorts. Um, that's just never been something that I was very good at. So if there's anything that's limiting me, it's my inability to write for myself. <laughs> now, let's say a company comes to Misty Mountains and says, we want yes. a Misty eyeshadow palette. What okay. What colors and what is it called? Whew, oh my goodness. Well, you have to have black. Um, if you don't have black, what's the, what's the point? Um, there would be, this could be controversial, but yellow. Okay. Where, where do you, wait, wait, where do you put the yellow? Oh, I don't know. Okay. Okay. You just want the yellow. Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. Oh no. Yellow is my favorite color. I'm just throwing it in there just to gotcha. see what people do. All right, I would fair, say fair. yellow is probably more of an inner eye as opposed to an outer yeah. eye. Let's say that. If you don't want to um, wear, wear white, you put the yellow. Essentially some around there. Yeah. Throw the glitter on it. Um, Oh my goodness. I think, I think it would be more like a sunset color, sunset scheme, as opposed to like a mountain scheme, which would be earthy. Mm-hmm. It'd be the kind of like almost an opposite of what you would expect. 
but I would say probably like we lean into like yellows, orange, reds, maybe some dark, maybe a couple darker, you know, like browner, brown colors. I guess it would be like an autumn, the misty autumn palette. All right, there, there we go. All right, we are going to move into everyone's favorite game. It is time for a second round of tea time. Okay. In this game, you are once again going to spill the tea on some of your favorite sisters, friends, collaborators, enemy. The list is endless. <laughs> some are new since the last time. Others are your second chance to spill tea on them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> are you ready? Yes. Let's start out with someone fun. Her name is Sherry Poppins. I love Sherry. Uh, I haven't got to work with Sherry in so long. Um, she is the person that brings out the stupid in me. I'm very, and stupid in the sense of like, when we perform, like, I'm like, oh, she's going to do that mix. Now it's time to pull out, you know, this stupid commercial I like performing. You know, she, uh, she makes me have fun in a way that not a lot of other performers do because it's more like, uh, oh, we're going to do that. Fine. This, this is now our new level. We're going to go here now. <laughs> She brings that energy out of me that I don't usually get from other people. Mm-hmm. And I love it. She's a she's a she's a an amazing person and I just love performing with her and I miss it. So ever next, since we got separated. Next up, Honey Davenport. Honey Davenport. I never could just see that bitch. She's so busy. She lives in LA. I love her. I respect everything she does. She's working so hard all day, every day. But she's all she's one of the few people that I could call and she'll always answer. If I need help, she will always be there. She's always willing to help me. I'm just really bad at reaching out. <laughs> hey, I mean, some people, that, that's that's a fatal flaw. Yeah, yeah. Next up, Kareem McJagger. Kareem McJagger is one of the, I respect that person so much. I respect Kareem. Kareem is a businessman. Kareem he may not be performing as much anymore, but he translated what he does so well, which is being a presence and being out there and, and being a part of the party. He translated that into his business side, into the working two different bars and having, you know, parties and organizations. Like there's not a person, there's no one that's as business oriented and as intelligent as Kareem McJagger is. You know, it's just, it's wild what he's able to do. And I, I respect it. <laughs> you can't, you Absolutely. can't deny it. And ever since, you know, like glow ever since like the G lounge, like he's always been that person. Yeah. All right. Next up. Ari Kiki. Ari Kiki. Oh, Ari Kiki is like, oh, I just enjoy what she does. She like reminds me like a busted, like, you know, like she's just, She's just out there living her best life and just yeah. screw everyone else. I just, I can't with her. My favorite memory of Ari Kiki was she did an invasion. I don't know if it was her birthday or not, but I was still working. So I was, God, it had to be a while ago. Um, and she did Do It Again by Robin. Mm-hmm. And then she ended up doing Do It Again twice more. She did it three times in a row. And it was one of those moments you're like, this bitch. That's funny. This bitch. Good job. Yeah. All right, let's talk about this bitch, Adriana Trenta. Oh, Trent, I don't get to work with Trenta very often. You know why I love Trenta? Is that person who is constantly working to better herself. 
Mm-hmm. You know what? As she, she's always out there sewing something new, trying new things. Literally, I, I'm not going to say I gave up a long time ago about trying new things, but I don't try as many new things <laughs> as she does. Yeah. But, you know, she's, she's just out there trying to earn that living, but then she's also trying to improve herself something that a lot of drag queens aren't doing. We're just kind of like resting on our laurels, <laughs> sitting and chilling, but she's out there working hard and always getting better. And I can't, I, I can't say anything negative about her. I love her. Next we have Heidi Ho. Awful. <laughs> no, she is uh, my birthday twin. Of course. Um, she just went to Austin like three days ago and I was like, so you're following me. <laughs> <laughs> you stalker no i i don't get to see heidi ho as often because i think we just work on different schedules she's at lips all the time i'm at pulveria she's at pieces i'm at identity like we're just on opposite schedules but every time i get the chance to talk to her it's always a good time um i think she is a person who needs love deserves love and uh she has all of my love so next Next, we have the basic bitch, Coco Taylor. Coco Taylor. Coco Taylor gets me in a way, and not a lot of people get me because uh-huh. we are like the same age. We have the same references. We like the same exact type of references where just the jokes that we can have, like not even the way that like Sherry gets me. Sherry gets me in a different way. Coco gets me like a purely to like who I was before I even was a drag queen. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like she'll say some things and I'll be like, oh, you watch that show too? <laughs> you know, like I think we just had like the same upbringing or something, like a little splash of country, just a little, it's, it's wild. There's no one who like can quip with me and understand what I'm talking about. Yeah. Like her though. It's insane. Good time girl. Oh, she's a good time girl. I love having her for brunch. She's just so fucking stupid. Next up, Lena Hornay. Lena Hornay. She is one of my drag sisters from the pandemic. She's my pandemic queen. Um, I know, I've known her, God, since I've moved here. We were with, um, we share a good friend um, who used to work at uh, the uh, green room um, in, for, uh, during So You Think You Drag. So a lot of people know him. Um, but Lena Hornet, I didn't realize Lena was going to be a drag queen. It didn't strike me as something, as a person who would be that. And then just that, the, actually the growth I've seen in the last two years is really very amazing because Lena started off being like very much like me in the beginning where it was like, this is what's going to happen. <laughs> we're going to give you a good show. We may not look pretty. But we're going to give you a fantastic show. But even just over the last year itself, like the growth, the, the, the face has gotten better. The entertainment value has gotten better. I, I feel like she's out there doing what I used to do, which is going out and just putting yourself in these situations, learning, growing, and then she's going to overtake me. Which, well, no, she won't overtake me. But she is... She is definitely putting in the work. And I think she's one of those people that will stand at least as long as stands the test of time and as long as she wants to, you know, mm-hmm. I, she's a, she's a performer at the end of the day. And I think those are the people that end up lasting longer. Next up, damsel. Damsel. 
also a brat. Was she? Wasn't she a quarantine queen too? Yeah, technically. Yeah, I think so. I think so. She came out looking beautiful from the beginning, so I hated her. But I can't. I can't hate her. <laughs> I can't. I've known. I've known Damsel for a while. Obviously through Paolo from the Stonewall. I'm invited to their wedding, so we're good friends. Um, but yeah, Damsel's. I I love Damsel. I Damsel knows this. Damsel's not a dancer. She either we we either need to learn. She needs to learn how to dance, or she needs to. I don't know. I um, but dancing's not in her gig unless she practices a lot. But I think she already knows that. She already knows that she's not a dancer, but she's a beautiful queen. She's got gorgeous outfits. God, I feel like Aretha Franklin being like, she's got great outfits. <laughs> oh boy. See, it's changing. No, 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 no. But I, 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 I love hanging out with Damsel, watching her perform, watching her grow. But I'm just like, how did you get all this beautiful shit before I ever did? Next up, <laughs> we got Peaches. Peaches, millions of peaches. Ironically, I got to cover for peaches more than I've actually worked for peaches. <laughs> worked oh, wow. with peaches. Because um, I did cover a few of her shows um, when she was on The Worst Cooks in America. Sure. So I, but I did get started with her um, with Hibiscus um, when they were doing shows together consistently at, uh, when it was, was it, was a Wednesday? Was it wet? Wet Wednesday, something like that. Mm-hmm. But that's how I got to meet Peaches. And uh, through Peaches is how I got to meet uh, Taylor Oman, who is going to be the new Andy on Broadway, mm-hmm. which I'm really excited about. Um, but yeah, I love Peaches. I think I would like to work more with her because I just, I don't get to see her and I've, I enjoy what she does. Um, I'm jealous I didn't get to be a part of Six-ish. I'll say it. I'll say is it again. A- I mean, only in the sense, like, just because I would have loved to work with all those people. And also, I, I, I feel as a, a mixed race person who ends up looking a, more white than not, I do get left out of the uh, BIPOC conversation a lot just because I'm more white presenting. But also, I, I do understand at that certain point, I haven't had the challenges that other people have had when it comes to that so it's it's a double-edged sword but i would love to work more with peaches i i enjoy what she does i enjoy her character and her um her outfits and her just in her in general and i want to see her more often next up we have victoria williams victoria williams she is the workhorse that bitch is calling people talk saxon people were like let's do this let's do this let's do this love her um She's a crazy woman. I'm glad she's starting to heal and get a little bit more uh, physical because she, you know, she was injured for a while and it was really not allowing her to do what she wants to do. But um, she's one of the people I have consistently for brunch. We have a good time. We chit, we chat, we drink. Um, it's great. And then I hang out with her every once in a while outside of it. We, what did we see? We, want, we went and watched the Bob's Burgers movie, okay. which I love, which I love. So yeah, she's a good time gal. What tea do you have on Amanda Pork? Amanda Pork, well, she's actually not, um, she's not kosher. Oh, there it is. <laughs> Amanda Pork is the, is one of the people that I trust to cover my brunch show. I know that she knows mm-hmm. how that show runs and I know that she's going to bring the energy and the excitement that I 
expect from that show. So um, I think that says a lot about how I feel about Amanda. I think uh, I trust her and I love her and I enjoy what she does. And um, she's she's a pageant winner, bitch. Like, what can you say about that? She sure is. She's a pageant winner. She's going to be stepping down in September. So I'm excited because now it'll be much easier to book her because right now it's like, are you free this day? No. <laughs> like, just tell me when you're free and we'll figure it out. <laughs> Next up we have Lola Michelle Kiki. Lola Michelle Kiki, also a person who actually, she booked her trip to Austin before I did. I just happened to go before she did. Um, Lola Michelle Kiki is also a good time gal. Um, she's stupid. But also, she's the person I go and visit at the cock the most. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I, sometimes I go to the cock just to visit the bar staff. It's not always about penises. <laughs> hey, then they should just call it bar staff. <laughs> Maybe I'll make my own bar and call it bar staff. <laughs> there it is. Hey, um, just don't call it bar shaft. Oh. We like the cock. But... Uh... All right. Next we have <laughs> Katrina Lovelace. Katrina Lovelace, my lesbian lover. Uh, Katrina Lovelace is also someone I love hanging out with outside of drag. I think she's just fun. We went and saw, what did we see? Oh my God, what did we see? Not funny, girl. We saw something together recently. Six? <sighs> Tina. No, we saw Tina yeah. together. We saw Tina. And, I, you know, I just like hanging out with her. I, I just always want to be in her presence i think she's just the coolest next essence essence the child i could have had essence a is the only person who can wear neon green consistently and make it work fair (laughs) essence is also was purely talented from the beginning i think she just was stunningly gorgeous but also just very very talented and she just knows what works for her and is fucking it up like the more than anyone that i know um just working hard like she's booked and blessed and out and everywhere and to be young again i wish have the energy again <laughs> right i wish i would have wished to have the energy i had at 26 again See. yeah right what do you got on hibiscus Hibiscus. Hibiscus is uh, one of the most professional people I've ever worked with. Mm-hmm. Uh, she is always on time. She's always prepared. There's nothing, there's nothing negative you can really say about Hibiscus. She provides a consistent show. You know, there's never a bad day for Hibiscus. Hibiscus is always at top form. And I think that's why... I love and respect her so much is because I, she is a businesswoman, but she's also highly entertaining and just, she, she puts in the work and you can see like she gets it back in returns. So I love her so much and I wish to work with her more than I possibly can ever work with her. (laughs) She's a person I would love to have a good weekly show with because I know it would be a great show and I know that it would be successful. That's fair. What do you have in I Need a D? I Need a D, that crazy bitch. Well, first and foremost, I'm glad she's healed from her monkeypox. Yes. We should all talk about it. She posted about it, so we can talk about it. (laughs) 
scary thing. Oh my gosh. I would say seeing photos, not if I need a G, but if someone else with monkeypox on their face, I literally almost had a heart attack and I've had, I'm like, now I'm like, don't touch me, anybody. God willing do not touch me. Um, I need a D. I fucking love her too. She's crazy. That woman works hard and does the crazy. Like, I don't know how she has energy to do anything. She's always working, yeah. doing something. But I enjoy her because she, she has, we have stupid jokes too. Like we have just a weird connection. I don't know. I can't d- describe it. Maybe it's the house of D. We're always Maybe. looking for it. <laughs> All right. Next up is someone who no longer goes here. <gasps> Say it. Nicole, Nicole Anoscopy. Oh, I was hoping for karma inside me. Okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Nicole Anoscopy uh, out in Oregon, getting married, living her best life, winning pageants. Um, I don't know. Me and Nicole have never been really close friends. Um, we were close mostly, mostly through ritzy bits. Um, but I'm just happy that she's in Oregon. Yeah. I'm happy for her. All She's right, great. Finally, finally <laughs> I want the tea. Okay. On Ritzy Bits. Ritzy Bits. Also very much like Hibiscus, a businesswoman. Yes. She's, she's the kind of the person that truly helped mold me. And when it comes to business and when it comes to like, um, how to run things and how to, you know, because God knows she does not change outfits very often. She doesn't rest on like, I need to be a look queen in the sense of like having new outfits every week. She's like, you know what? I'm going to find what works for me. I'm going to work this. And then she gets paid. Yeah. It's amazing. She's, I, there's no one who does that in, in a way like Ritzy Bits does. Because she knows what she's worth. She knows she's talented. And then she shows it to you. Mm-hmm. And I, I very much like Hibiscus in that sense. We're like, they, they, they're just good. They're just good. I, and also Ritzy Bitch just happens to be one of like my very good friends. And I hanging out with her this last week has really been fun because I miss her. I miss hanging out with her. I miss working with her every week. Um, she's one of those people we can go on stage and we could talk all day and we would never have to do any show. The show would be just us on stage, just chitting and chatting, talking. And the stupid. audience would be like, do a number. Or they'd be like, no, this is hysterical. And then we would look out and be like, oh, we, we, we should do something. <laughs> the audience is never not under- entertained when we're on stage, but she's one of those people I can, we can talk about everything and anything. I could not talk to her for three months and then we can go back to being a, good friends or I can talk to her every day. It's she, uh, I think she's one of the people who's had the biggest impact on who I am as a, as a, as a drag queen and as an artist. So I, I can't say enough good things about her and I'm hoping to look and go back and see her again soon. That'd be fun. We all change, but sometimes it takes the people around us to really note that change. Oh, so in this segment called Friendly Encounters, I've asked a couple of your pals to send me a little message about how they've seen you change over the last time you were here. <laughs> okay. Um, 
all I can say right now is I guess you two were having way too much fun because Ritzy never responded to me, so I don't have anything from Ritzy. <laughs> um, so I'm sense. going to literally blame you uh, for that one. <laughs> but I have three here. I have three messages. Uh, would you okay. like number one, number two, or number three first? Um, we'll go. We'll go even. We'll go two. This is from Sherry Poppins. <gasps> Misty, always that bitch, but never a bitch. Mostly. So glad that even after these last couples of couple of years, people still come up to me reminiscing about how much they loved and miss our show SM Live. Truly the end of an era. Love you, babes. Oh, I love her. Truly, I tell you, that show was was wild. It was off the it chain. It was. The few times that I went, I was like, I don't know if I'm prepared. Should, should, should I have prepared myself for this? Yeah, you probably should have. You probably should have at least taken your prep for sure literally um <laughs> or had a 50 ready to go so i could request um, my artist to win but that money stealing scheme that the two of you fucking had <laughs> never never i'm not what saying I we're, we're we were good business women we knew what yeah. we were about <laughs> yeah. once i caught on i was like fuck that i'm not suggesting anyone anymore <laughs> right, door number one or door number three uh number three we'll go like we did for our suggestions all right this is from hibiscus oh hibiscus misty and i did not start off close but just in passing at bars we both worked at i've gotten to know her more and closer over the years and she's one of the kindest people i know the makeup and fashion choices have evolved and changed over the years but her kindness and love for her close friends remain the same love this queen to pieces oh see did you see how that was a beautiful statement too it was thought out it was paragraph god i love her all right, door number one. Door number one. That this is the last one. This is from Lindsay Kang. Ah, work. It's been a joy to watch Misty's career grow, but more importantly, her confidence grow along with it. She's more generous than she'll ever acknowledge. She redefines extra, but in the best possible way. This queen belongs in a castle, and I'm grateful to have shared one with her, even just for a long weekend. <laughs> oh, that's true. That's very true. I do belong in a castle. Yeah. In the, <laughs> in, the, in the dungeon? Is that what it is? Oh, hey, hey, hey. Well, if it's the dungeon of the uh, Disneyland Paris castle, there's a dragon down there. That's there is a dragon. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, well, that was Friendly Encounters. Oh, I love that. I do I do love that Ritzy was too busy hanging out with me to respond. I think that's even Literally. better. <laughs> I, om- I was almost going to like message you and be like, Tell Ritzy to check her messages with them. I was like, no, forget it. It's going to be too uh, obvious. <laughs> no, literally. I do have some fan corner questions for you. Are you ready? Oh, oh my. Okay, sure. This is from Coco Taylor. Yes. What's the best buffet in Reno? Oh, my God. Oh, well, you know, there's all there's a bunch of shitty ones. Um, <laughs> I, don't know. I, haven't been in, I, I haven't been in Reno for years. Um, if I remember correctly, I did love the buffet at the El Dorado. Uh-huh. But God knows it's been forever. Hey, maybe Coco and Misty take Reno as a new show. Oh, <laughs> I'd be about it. I'd be about it. There was an amazing restaurant called Tivoli Gardens uh-huh. that I liked, but that wasn't a buffet. No. What makes a buffet good? What makes a buffet good? Well, freshness. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, many, many options. That's true. That's true. 
um i really want to go to golden corral but my mom's like that's disgusting i was like but it's i've never been to a golden corral i've never been either let's go let's do it oh yeah let's do it all right and this question is from Lindsay k yes what does it mean to be that bitch (sighs) it's a confidence game it means going up to people being like hey i'm that bitch now honestly um to be that bitch it's just it's, it's more like you have confidence in yourself and you just walk around knowing it um the, my favorite thing i was ever taught well not one of my favorite things i was ever taught by um <laughs> gilda wabbit was when you get a compliment to say thank you and it's true because you acknowledge the compliment and then you also acknowledge that you are whatever they complimented you on so if you're like mm-hmm. oh you're beautiful you're like thank you it's true because you acknowledge a compliment but then you also exude confidence and i think I like that's that. what I, i'm that bitch is about um, would you like to tell the listeners, for those who may not know about the etymology of the I'm that bitch? Where it came from. Yes. The, ori- the origin. Um, uh, it started off uh, in 2019. It was for Miss uh, Stonewall, 2019. It was the 50th anniversary. So it was, it was a big moment. Um, we were doing the question and answer portion of the sh- of the evening. I was in my beautiful e- green evening gown, velvet, stunning. Um, and then the person who asked me the question uh, asked me my Q and A question was a comedian, um, because the question he asked was why and explain. So I said because, and I'm that bitch. <laughs> Yeah. And the audience loved it. I don't think, I don't know if it was necessarily a fan favorite of, of the judges, but I don't care about them. <laughs> At least not now, especially since I didn't win. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I did win in the long run because people are still talking about me. Um, True. And, um, but yeah, so I said that. And then like maybe a month later, Ritzy Bits, because we were working, we were doing brunch. Um, consistently by that point together she came up to me and she was like have you ever considered writing a song or like doing a song and I was like yeah but I would I don't know she's like I have this idea for I'm that bitch and she like came up with like the chorus of it already and I was like I love it let's do it and then so literally I think what like starting starting in like September we just started writing and coming up with things and then I brought Kareem to help me write my verse because I'm not a writer and then we kind of got it to a good place where Ritzy, when I was talking about it, I was like, oh, we should do a music video. And she was like, yes. She's like, I've always, she's like, I always regretted not doing one for Ritzy Boom. So if you want to do it, let's do it. So Ritzy did a lot of the production of the song. So I ended up doing a lot of the production for the video just because I felt it was a way, even way to do it. You know, like, mm. so she didn't do all the work. I didn't do all the work. It was more of an uh, equal partnership. And then we called in a person, um, Kay Day, who does music videos for herself and a bunch of her friends, and they were really, really good. So we called her in and came up with a concept and pulled it together and filmed it in December of all time. So in certain parts of the video, if you're paying attention, you can see their Christmas decorations in the background. But um, it was one of the most fun experiences I've had. It was also one of the... Well, thank God for Lindsay K because I I was not organized in the way that I would have had mm. to have been for that. Um, 
And so that's why she's also one of the producers of the video because if without her, it would never have happened. Um, but um, we've pulled it together. We shot it in December. We released it at the end of December. And uh, for us, it's history. So, so I think the I'm only thing, bitch, oh, yeah, the only thing COVID happened. Uh, maybe, maybe. <laughs> you four shut down later, New York Nightlife. Later, we couldn't handle it. We couldn't handle it. Literally but, shut down um, Nightlife. Yeah, I'm the only, I only have one regret coming out of that um, era was that I never made merchandise for it. So if I like, I might make it up for like maybe the three year anniversary. Still <laughs> Me and Richie pulled them together. <laughs> well, you know how this show works where I have my previous guests ask my current guests a question, blah, 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 but we're going to change it up for this podcast. You're oh, going to okay. answer the question that you asked. <laughs> the one I asked for the other person? Yeah. So oh. the question you have to answer, <laughs> the question from okay. Missy Mountains is, where do you see yourself in five years? Oh, damn. Bet you're regret that it question now. No, my gosh, because I, I feel like it's what's been, what, four years since I've asked it. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Where do I see myself in five years? I still see myself doing this. I love performing. I enjoy it. It's what I've always wanted to do. Um, I would like to do it on a bigger stage of, you know, whatever that means <laughs> on a bigger, bigger, um, I don't know. I don't know what the word I'm looking for is. With someplace with more impact, I guess. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I, I say, I constantly see myself just getting better, working hard, still doing this fucking shit up um because i've always said from the beginning when i started six years ago that i i wanted to make this a career i didn't want to do it just for the money i didn't want to do it just to have fun i wanted i wanted to make this something that i could live off and sustain and so i'm i'm gonna double down on that and say that i want to keep still be doing this i want to be i want to be like you know had a lettuce, you know, it's been doing this for like as long as I've been alive yeah. and still, still working, still loving it. And still, you know, and just, just an amazing performer. And I think I'm already an amazing performer, but like, I just want to improve and, but still do what I love. So I love that. Well, I feel like I gave a, a long winded, like uh, yeah, pageant answer. Yeah, pare it down for the pageant when that day comes. Because um, I, I heard you're getting ready for the pageant. Uh, my, yeah, there's a few, there's a few. Day. All right, <laughs> you've been on the show before. You know what I do. I ask, you tell. Well, now you get your chance to ask me anything. Oh, my goodness. <sighs> One shot, don't I'm, blow it. I'm guessing. Oh, my gosh. Are there any of your... Rue girl interviews, interviewees that you would never have again that you didn't like. Um, no, I would not say there's anyone I didn't, I wouldn't have again because. Let me rephrase this. <laughs> when they were Rue girls, there's no one I would not have again because I would like to. When you talk to them at DragCon, sometimes things are a little crazy. Sometimes the atmosphere yeah. is a lot. So 
yeah, there there have been a few, especially the uh, last one I went to that I would love a redo on because we didn't get to connect. Whatever, it's it's fast paced. Yeah. That being said, uh, if you go back to DragCon, I think 2019 interview, there's an interview with someone prior to their appearance on DragCon that we no longer, or Drag Race that we no longer talk about. Um, that one, but we'll not do that one again. Ah, I think we all know what we're talking about. I think about. we all know what we're talking about. Um, <laughs> it's so and it's crazy because they wanted to do a full interview and we, we just never could do it because they were always very busy because prior to their appearance on Drag Race, they were uh, the talk of the town. They were about to take over. Mm-hmm. So that one, that I'll go with that one. Um, and I know people have said, why don't you have them on your podcast? And I said, I will not unless they have the blessing of the people um, who are affected. And I don't think that would ever happen. So, yeah. Yeah. Valid. That one. That makes sense. I get it. Who <laughs> do you want to come back on for a block talk back? Oh, my gosh. You've had hibiscus again, right? Yes. Ooh. Have you had Ritzy ever? I've heard Ritzy. Oh my! We, we do that during like the early years, early days of the pandemic. I think I think you should have her back. I think she's a she's a different woman, but the exact same woman. <laughs> that makes sense. That's that. That was a weird, that was a long interview for the two of us. So that, that oh, I'm, I fully believe that. I fully believe that. Um, who else would I love to have you back? Have you back? Um, oh, have Trenta. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think after a, because you know what? I would love to hear how things have gone and how she feels she's changed. I think she's a very interesting person. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, we got some yeah. options. Yeah. Let's see, where can we find you on social media, Venmo, and any projects you want to plug? Oh my gosh. Well, I am so incredibly smart that all of my shit is the same. So it's Misty Mountains D, that's right, M-I-S-T-Y-M-O-U-N-T-A-I-N-S D. Yes, follow me on Instagram, uh, TikTok, Venmo, Cash App, PayPal. Um, You know, if you ever are alone one night and you feel the impetus to send me money, do it. I love it. (laughs) Well, Misty, this was so much fun to catch up again. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. This was, I wasn't, I didn't know what to expect, but it's always been a pleasure talking to you. So thank you for having me. 